You know, discipleship is a huge component of the Christian life, but what is discipleship? And to what degree is discipleship even necessary? How do we do it right? These are questions we're going to tackle in this conversation. So let's talk about it. You're listening to Above Approach Church Podcast, a podcast created for the local church. Our goal is to tackle tough church issues through thoughtful conversations like the one you're about to hear. Whether you're a church leader or a layperson, we pray this episode empowers you to play your role within the global, timeless family of God. This is Above Approach Church Podcast. The last podcast in this room. This is bittersweet. Yes, it is. Do you want to give context on that so people are like, "What is? Is this the last episode ever?" Is he dying? <laughs> yeah, we should give context. What's discipleship? Oh Tanner? my goodness! What's discipleship? Why? <laughs> Everyone's listening. Going, what? What's happening? I need to know. What's happening? And we're going to the end. So you, you need to wait till the end to find out. This is called a hook, and it's working. You're oh, sticking around, aren't that's you? That's right. You're here. What's discipleship? That is a great question. Um, I think we have defined um, discipleship as just sitting down and doing Bible studies and praying with each other um, and doing all the spiritual things. Um, But I think ultimately discipleship is not only relationship building uh, between you and another person or within a group of people, but I think it's building relationships through Jesus um, and I think it's important to realize that because ultimately what it's pointing to is building your relationship with Jesus as an individual. It's pointing you to um, having that time individually as someone that wants to read and follow the word and have an, a personal relationship with him. And discipleship doesn't necessarily come to just believers, right? Like, I mean, would we look at discipleship as just within the church or can I disciple somebody who's outside of the church? What's a disciple? Why do you have to ask all the hard questions at the very beginning? A student of someone. (laughs) How did Jesus make disciples? Pause. What's a disciple? Someone who follows a teacher, a rabbi, Mm -hmm. and, and you are learning from them and also submitting to them in terms of letting them lead you and teach you as the authority figure you are the pupil and student of someone. Yeah. And you're what you're trying to do is learn from their ways mm-hmm. and actually in some sense become like them. Yeah. And usually you'd have someone who considers themselves to be a master of sorts. Yeah. So you can go the Jedi route, you can go oh, the wow. you can go the whatever route and say, you know, mm-hmm. a disciple is someone who's a, an intentional submitted pupil okay. of another. Hmm. So Jesus discipled by you hit on two points, which is the relation aspect, mm-hmm. relationship aspect, and the aspect of Jesus. Yeah. Those are the two necessary components of biblical discipleship. And what if what if one of those is out of the picture then? Is it discipleship at that point? Or what, yeah, what then, would it be? Then, then a person is now outside of the realms of biblical discipleship. Yeah. If Jesus is not at the center of it, mm-hmm. um, and if relationship is somehow lacking then you're doing something that is like discipling, yeah. but it's not going to yield the same results. It's not biblical sure. discipleship because discipleship is to, to intentionally relate with someone with the desire 
to move them a specific direction. Uh-huh. So Jesus would say, follow me. For three and a half years, the disciples would follow him, yeah. eat where he ate, live where he lived, walk where he walked, learn from his teachings, and they would essentially be looking at their model of life. Hmm. And they'd have relationship, and Jesus was that ultimate role model. That's, I think, the very simplest way to define discipleship, yeah. is Jesus is the central focus of a, an intentional relationship mm. that I have with someone else. Yeah. And I'm investing into their life to move them the direction of Jesus, yeah. to make them more like yeah. Jesus, to help them so, become more like him. discipleship making then wouldn't be just scratching the surface in, well, I know your favorite color, I know your favorite sport, I know all your sure. hobbies and all those different things. It's a more personal, more intimate level then. Yes, because if you have just relationship without Jesus or without uh, consciously trying to move someone in a direction. Yeah. But now, now you just have a relationship. But discipleship can happen in a bunch of different ways. Yeah. Uh, the world makes disciples. Mm. Satan makes disciples. Um, think of any industry in the world, any, um, I don't know, any kind of field. Sure. There, there are disciples in each of those fields. So the mm. world is definitely making disciples of itself. Mm. While on the other side, Jesus is making disciples of yeah. him. So if we're going to biblically disciple someone, what we're saying is, and we're not saying we're perfect. Yeah. We're saying he is. Yeah. And I'm just trying to help you move Jesus's direction. Now I have another question. Did I just interrupt you mid? No. Okay. I just, no, to I sure. just blanked. Um, is discipleship separate from evangelism then? Are those two different things mutually exclusive or do they also kind of blend within one they, another? They can blend. Some would say like discipleship starts where evangelism stops. Huh. So once I have evangelized and they come to Christ, when well, I can begin to disciple them. Yeah. Well, technically like you can have a, a coworker who for 10 months you are trying to get them to like see how beautiful Jesus is sure. and believe the gospel, and, and you're answering their questions. In that sense, even though they're not a Christian yet, yeah. you are discipling them. Yeah. You are playing a role in their life uh, to help them find or arrive at Jesus' feet. Mm-hmm. You're playing a role in that process. And so I think discipleship can happen accidentally, but it can also mm. happen uh, intentionally That's and good. purposefully. So yeah. we have to be conscious of the fact that a lot of our, a lot of the different aspects of our lives are actually discipling people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I guess that's what we'll get into is what are some examples of discipleship you have seen in each realm you've been involved in as someone who receives, mm-hmm. as a leader, um, or as a co-leader with someone, mm. and discipleship can happen in group settings. Jesus, and I think this is where the scriptures come in. Yeah. Uh, Jesus seemed to have a, just a master blueprint of discipleship. Mm-hmm. He had the crowds. Yeah. He had the disciples. Mm-hmm. He had the, th- the, um, the three, Peter, James, and John, and then he had mm-hmm. Peter. So there's almost mm-hmm. like, uh, different levels, different of levels of yeah. investment yeah. and relationship and proximity and like authority mm. to speak in their life or, or I guess permission from the individual to yeah. come and be a part of their yeah. life. He couldn't do that for the crowds. 
the thousands of people who would pile up. It sounds mm. like that's weird. Who would line that's, up? Yeah, that's true. I mean, honestly, they probably crawl over each other. Yeah. Heal my arm. I want to see Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus yeah. would just go, "Oh, so there's yeah. a bunch of crowds. You can't disciple every single one of those sure. people intentionally every day for hours." And the so. message is different too at those different points, right? On those different scales, like you could see, there's yes more of a target, I guess. Yes, or as the as the uh, the crowd starts to dwindle into the twelve, and then the twelve to the three, the message is mm-hmm. different with each every one of them. But there's a different sort of uh, intentionality, I guess. But behind them, like um, I think the message is more generalized and easier for people to grasp onto with the crowds. With the twelve, there's still some hard stuff, but at the same time, you get the parables with those different things. Mm-hmm. With the three, you have the transfiguration, so you have something on a bigger scale, mm-hmm. and then between Peter and Jesus, I mean, would the best example be... The I, end of John's gospel, probably. Say, yeah, yeah, the end of the, of John's gospel with uh, was that the, when he's fishing out on the... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Peter's with him. So, you could even technically bring in the 72 and say, the crowds could be narrowed down to the 72, sure. then the 12, sure. then Peter, James, John. So, Jesus knew that, mm. and he was not as invested in the lives of the crowds as much as sure. he was involved in Peter's life. Now, that's partially on the part of the people mm. that didn't almost didn't make space for Jesus to have that kind of access into their life. Mm. Maybe they just stuck around for a miracle or some quick hits or some food, and they're, they're gone. Peter's stuck around. Peter's the one who Jesus looks at and mm. goes, after the crowds leave, because Jesus goes, you got to eat me, and they're like, we out. Peter goes, hmm, what's happening? Yeah. And Jesus goes, you want to leave too? And Peter goes, nope. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere else to go. Yeah. Um, so discipleship, there's so many ways to explain it. It's almost like some Christians think that, well, discipleship is only happening truthfully hmm. when there's a certain degree of access you have to someone's life. Jesus was discipling yeah, the crowds without like eating and talking with them in their homes personally. Sure, sure. Jesus was, so So there are degrees of discipleship. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We often think that, no, the one person I take under my wing, Paul discipled Timothy. He also discipled a bunch of other people mm-hmm. um, that he was not as invested into sure. as much as Timothy, but yeah. they were still disciples and peoples and yeah. being trained by Paul. So we got to think of this, you know, as in church settings, in at work, in my family, yeah. um, just because you don't have as mm. much access into yeah. someone's life or you're not around them as much doesn't yeah. mean that you don't play a role in helping them become more like Jesus. Yeah. If you do, you're discipling them, mm. whether accidentally or consciously, you're playing a role sure. in the process of discipleship. Sure. And uh, you have to be okay with that because it's almost like, I can't handle three Timothys. I have a wife and four <laughs> kids. And you don't have to handle three Timothys. Yeah. Go play basketball. <laughs> disciple yeah. some dudes on the court. Talk sure. about Jesus. Be a good encouragement. Be a light. Yeah. Um, make some jokes about passing to Jesus. <laughs> I, I encourage those jokes just to, to keep it lighthearted there so people go. don't get pissed. Yeah. You know, yeah. have these, these, these outlets of discipling mm. people in different ways. Yeah. Um, so everyone's going to be, everyone's going to allow you to have varying degrees of access into their lives. Sure. And so you can't expect everyone to be a Timothy, yeah. but it doesn't That's, mean you can't impact them. Story just came to mind uh, when you were talking about like having different outlets to, to disciple in Matt Chandler kind of brings up those different instances where he was talking about having like a consistent, 
uh, rhythm in places that you go to. So like one of the examples that he gave was he consistently goes to this one coffee shop like every single week. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. there's this person that he has built a relationship with over time Mm -hmm. and has like kind of known their story like and learned about their story a little bit more and then got to the point where it was like, I'm praying for you. And then I'm like, you're asking me deeper questions now. What a great example. Like, Mm -hmm. that's just, I mean, that's a way to think and, and look at how you can start steps of discipleship is by looking at different outlets that you can go to. And it's as simple as showing up at a coffee shop every week, you know, yep, maybe not spending all your money, but Hey, it's a way to, you know, start those steps, you know? Pay attention to the patterns of your life and the rhythms that you find yourselves in. And, not yourselves, you're not a multiple personality, but yourself, like coffee, basketball, church, yeah. you know, getting an oil change every month. Well, you know, every time you consistently get around these people, mm-hmm. you can each time have more of an impact on them as sure. you get to know them. Sure. So, like I said, there's concentric circles of discipleship. It's not one dimensional. So some good examples of discipleship that I've seen, um, I particularly enjoy the, the the aspect of discipleship that is answering questions for either non-believers or new believers. Oh, yeah. That's that's one of my favorite ways to disciple people is not to flex on them with my knowledge, but to just be available to be a resource that's personal mm. and um, available to them. Another way I enjoy and have seen discipleship work well is in group settings. Yeah. Like small groups with the kids and youth group. Yeah. Um, getting to know those five, six students every week, mm-hmm. going through prayer requests, highs and lows. How's life going? Yeah. Sucks. Well, let's see if it's next week doing be better. And, yeah. and just doing life with people. But um, discipleship can take on so many different forms. It can be having a meal. It can be opening a Bible. Yeah. It's just intentionally using the time you have with each person God puts in front of you. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Your wife, your kids, um, the mailman who you see every every day out there, and each time he's out there, you mm. ask a little more about their life and eventually speak into it, you yeah. know? So yeah. I've seen, for me, on the receiving end, because you asked this question three different ways, Sure. on the receiving end, I enjoy discipleship, I guess, in a one-on-one context with someone I really uh-huh. trust and look up to, uh-huh. which doesn't happen a lot for me uh, lately, but on the receiving end, that's how I think I'm I'm best discipled is in that one-on-one mm. intentional uh, relationship kind of context, yeah. as opposed to yeah. lots of people being around, and I feel like I'm just another face in the crowd. Yeah, But you can also be discipled in a church setting where the pastor from the pulpit is teaching you, yeah. and you're with other believers being discipled by him. Sure. Um, yeah. So, like I said, discipleship is, I guess the best way to explain it is, you're training people to follow Jesus, mm. I guess. Yeah. Equipping people to follow yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Helping people follow Jesus. Moving people towards Jesus. However you want to say it. Yeah. There's a bunch of ways. Either way, Jesus is Jesus. the center. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah, it's supposed to be. <laughs> if it terminates on yourself mm. and it's just pointing people to you mm. um, or just to your church building. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean you're not being helpful, but you know, mm. the goal should be... I want you mm-hmm. to know Jesus better because yeah. I'm in your life. Yeah. That is really important. Yeah. Yeah. I'll stop there. No, I, I for me, it's the same, same way, like one-on-one settings um, for being a recipient. Like one of my, 
favorite moments that I've I've had is um, my uh, youth pastor and I went to uh, we went on a hike and uh, he decided he was like hey like why don't you and I just go and uh we'll we'll take this path and you know everyone was kind of just like hanging out and i was like hey i want to go on top of uh, and we were in california over by like donner lake so we were up towards where like the uh the old railroad tracks are at and you can get on top of the railroad tracks so there was a trail to get up on top of the railroad tracks and other people were just kind of like hanging around like inside and you know whatever taking pictures and he and i just went together and just had this time of one-on-one and just like talking and had this like raw conversation. And we had this gorgeous view of the mountain range and, and Donner Lake was down on the right. And, um, but it was like a, a special moment where he's like, Hey, like, why don't you and I just like go and have a talk and like have one-on-one time. And it was special because like we were in a group setting yet. He, he valued me enough to, to take me off and, um, to, you know, aside and, and go and have a conversation. So, one-on-one conversations um, can make you feel valued when someone wants to pour into you. And Mm -hmm. I felt valued because someone wanted to know how I was doing. And I knew internally I was struggling and and not in the right place in my heart. So I I got to share that and, you know, uh, open up my heart to him. So um, that was a cool moment. There's been plenty of moments like taking small steps. When we started our, our new small groups at, at First Baptist, um, I was kind of getting familiar with our group, and I was like, our group ca- kind of has like a couple of like birthdays coming up, so I went and grabbed like pizza and brought pizza to small group, and they're like, hey, this is awesome. So it was kind of like an ice-breaking moment, and we just had fun and like just talked and like just had a time of, of getting to, to know each other to start off that that discipleship building. And then literally a couple of weeks ago, like this is like, that was probably what, two, three years ago. And one of my students texts our group chat that we had mm-hmm. at the time. And it's like, Oh, so those seeds that just by like buying pizza and getting comfortable, like with my students, like I'm getting texts later on, you know, just like, Hey, I'm doing good. Now I'm reading my Bible every day. I was like, what the heck? This is so cool. Like out of the, you know, out of the blue and random and, um, it's, it's cool to see when you plant seeds just by like wanting to build those relationships, how it can, in, uh, affect, not infect, use the button. I'm going to infect you. I'm going to infect you. Which one? This one? The uh, blue one. The blue one? Yeah. Oh, oh Lord. <laughs> copyright. Copyright. <laughs> copyright strike. It's brought to you by LeBron J. So worth it. When it infects you. Discipleship infects you. people. <laughs> it sounds you like a mega cheer. <laughs> Welcome to... This <laughs> brought to you by Pastor Mike Todd. It's infecting you. <laughs> oh no, he's going to find this podcast. <laughs> Please don't find this. Oh my goodness. When it affects people when you're planting seeds. Anyways, that's why we have those buttons. <laughs> planting seed is, an infor- is a form of infecting something, yeah. though. Hey. It's just a good infecting. The Holy Spirit. You're taking over that environment. Injecting. <laughs> Infecting. So, another question that comes to mind that you did not, yeah, write down, yeah, is how much of discipleship is planned hmm. versus how much is discipleship natural? Because I find hmm. that sometimes people can overemphasize one over the other, sure, to the neglect of the other. Where yes. they're like, we plan everything. We're in a classroom six to eight p.m. every Tuesday. <laughs> 
there's no room for natural mm. organic relationship building and and discussion and uh, yeah. actually going you know what spontaneously I want to ask the spirit of God what he wants to do today yeah. and on the other side there's the free birds the, where it's like let's get burgers and they just talk about Avatar The Last Airbender for three hours <laughs> nothing about God and, and they're like let's go play Halo yeah let's go and they just eat donuts pound those donuts away for the next six hours <laughs> nothing about Jesus nothing about faith and it, then it's like, we're just, we're having organic conversation, man. Yeah, but nothing about what you're doing or saying is encouraging and stimulating faith in someone. So how hey, do we you could start balance, that? <laughs> how do you balance yeah. that being yeah, natural? Because it sounds like your youth pastor, whoever that was, yeah. took you up there. He didn't plan it. He it just was saw an opportunity. Yeah. He saw an opportunity. That was organic. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't plan it. But I think... There were moments probably along your discipleship journey with him where there were things he had planned to say and do with you. Yeah. And so, you know, discipleship, it's neither only organic or yeah. only structured. There's a balance. Well, How do you balance okay. the two? Same same youth pastor uh, took my high school best friend and I on a trip to, to San Francisco to go and hang out, which now I wouldn't do that, but... Uh, mm. he, he took us out and literally like the whole car right there, he's just asking like life questions that was planned out where mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, I'm going to take you guys and we're going to go and we're going to hang out and have these deep conversations with each other. And I was like, cool. So Sometimes it works difference between spontaneous and planned. I think there is a, a, a balance, but I don't, I don't think you should ever shoot down one or the other. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I think it's they're they're uh, mutual. They can be mutual. So. Yeah, because, you know, there have been seasons in my life where discipleship is like classroom setting. Every day, he be here at four, we'll go through the curriculum. Sure. And then there are other times where I went, oh, this is so forced and mm-hmm. awkward. So yeah. I'm going to shift and I overcorrect. And now it's so organic and natural that nothing's, mm. there's no intentionality yeah. on my end to mm-hmm. purposely invest into someone's life. It's just... Let's go buy pizza and sit in front of a TV for eight hours. And okay. but relationship, mm. right? And it's yeah. like, well, relationship in and of itself uh, is not always productive. Mm-hmm. There, there's thoughtfulness behind that. The spirit of God, He has to be leading that. So you know, as questions come up or as discussion presents itself, yeah, just be open to that. There's a there's a a passage I was just reading. Uh, before this in John 8, um, starting at verse 31. This and I just want to read it. And it says, uh, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. So just highlight that in your Bible. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And I think what came to mind was not only is uh, being discipled um, by the word something that that necessarily like gives you a sense of freedom, but when somebody invests in in you and you have this uh, this community setting where you see a unity that only can be seen by like can only be brought together by the spirit, it is a freeing feeling where I can have these raw relationships with people that. The only thing that I have in common with them is that I believe in Jesus and you believe in Jesus and we all have the spirit within Mm -hmm. us. And it's this freeing feeling. Now, that's not necessarily what that 
you know, versus saying like fully and completely, but it at least like it brought to my, like to my mind, like there's a sense of peace when I am not only investing myself into the word that is discipling me, but I'm also reaching out to other people to disciple me and to, uh, to keep me accountable along the way. I think that's a important, uh, way to look at discipleship too, that it's, it's accountability. It's accountability in my walk of life. It's my accountability in my, uh, walk of faith. And it points me to wanting to get to know Jesus better. And that's why you were saying like discipleship is Jesus at the center and pointing us to Mm -hmm. him. And it's important for us to realize that because if Jesus is out of the picture, then it's not true discipleship. It's just friendship at that point, right? So I I just was reading that verse and I was like, it's freeing to know that I can not only disciple people and it gives me a sense of freedom because I know who freedom is, but I also know who freedom is because others encourage me to get to know him more and deepen my faith and my relationship in him. So I thought I would Mm. bring that up. (laughs) You brought it up, man. It was a. There's something that you just triggered in my mind, and I can't remember. Being discipled by people. Yeah, uh, just the the aspect of relationship without Jesus is. Mm. It's not discipleship, it's friendship at that point. Well, I would almost say relationship without Jesus as a part of that relationship is kind of useless. Yeah. It's. Yeah, people won't agree with that. But and then on the other side, where it's like, well, what about Jesus without relationship? That's called isolation. Mm. That's called I'm following Jesus and I'm a lone wolf, and it's gonna suck eventually. You're gonna yeah. realize how lonely you are. Yeah, you're not supposed to be up against the world. But when you are just like I'm friends with everyone, and Jesus is not a at all mm. a, a central focus in that relationship. Mm. I will say that relationship will terminate on itself and not. Mm. Uh, end up being profitable or useful whatsoever. So this is why I said discipleship is both relational and there is the aspect of friendship and like building, uh, you know, getting to know someone, but it's never without Jesus because what's the point of that? And even if the other person isn't a believer, right? I mean, if your focus is still on Jesus and the other person is an atheist or whatever, it's still... Like you're building, and of course we talked about that earlier, there's a difference between the evangelism part and discipleship, but you're still point like putting yourself in a position where you can disciple them if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so it's not getting yourself off track and just like ah, i just kind of have this this buddy of mine and we kind of just we like the same things but we don't necessarily get person on a personal level if that makes sense it's there's no intention behind it right it would just be i know you i know who you are i know who your friends are we hang out sometimes. What's where's the relationship in that? Like, where's the true, like, intention behind that? If there's no Jesus in it, and there's no pursuit of having them know who he is.
we've already touched on this a little bit, but is there an unhealthy way to disciple? Which is to invest into someone else's life intentionally. And mm. we've, we've kind of touched on, yeah, if you force it, if it's awkward, if it's just a classroom or it's just relationship without Jesus or mm. it's just hanging out without thinking about how do I bring Jesus into this? How do I bring? And again, that doesn't, when I say bring G, think about how you can bring Christ into the relationship you have with someone else. Mm. Someone might think, well, that's a, Sure. That's a lot yeah. of work. Yeah. Uh, that kind of takes away the joy of just being a friend to someone. Mm-hmm. And I would say quite the opposite. Mm. I think if you're overanalyzing it, there's a problem. Sure. But like as believers, we should be consciously aware of those moments or opportunities where the spirit of God is mm. leading us to do something. That's just called walking by the spirit. And that's, that's freeing. Like yeah. what you mentioned earlier, that's joyful. That's not stressful. That's not going to give you anxiety or worry. If, if you, <laughs> if you make it this like system and you make it like this, this boxed in formula yeah. where it's like at one o'clock, I need to text someone about Jesus. Mm. Well, that's going to be weird. Yeah. Um, we're, we're just saying like the relationships you have at work, your kids, your wife, you know, whatever mm. relationships you have in church community, mm. online, and I don't know, your, your chess team. Yeah. Is it a thing? But just think about how, how can I help these people have a deeper value for Christ because mm. I'm in their life? Mm. That, that's all. And that's not hard. It really isn't. In the middle of discussion, you know, to go, yeah, Lenny's telling me about his grandma again. How do I mm. not forcefully... But as the spirit leads, is there an opportunity here to like bring this conversation, mm. uh, bring it, lead it to Jesus or encourage him with something yeah. that, you know, I've learned, but make sure it's not my wisdom. It's, sure. it's God's wisdom. Sure. There are ways to do that without being hard on yourself and mm. almost like a robot. Yeah. Discipleship is not a formula or a robotic program that you just press on and it'll go. Mm. There's a lot of relationship dynamic mm. that has to be considered. So yeah. is there an unhealthy way to disciple? Yes. Yeah. What boundaries are there to set? What do you mm. think? Boundaries. I think, so coming into this uh, this podcast, I was thinking to myself, um, I almost put this like unwarranted pressure on myself where I was thinking, because I, wa- like, I wanted to evaluate myself when, when like writing down these questions and all those different things. And I just thought like, Am I doing enough? And that was kind of a question that I was asking myself is like, am I discipling enough people? Am am I investing, you know, enough in, into into certain people? And uh I don't I don't think <laughs> there is a verse that tells you there's a certain amount of people that you need to disciple. And I think that was something that I guess the spirit laid on my heart because I was kind of discouraged. I was like, man, am I, I'm not, I'm not like investing in a ton of people. But if you think about it, even Jesus himself, like we were talking about earlier, like the, the focus that he had a lot was the 12, like really intentionally like taking them Mm -hmm. aside and, and, and really investing, you know, certain things into them. And even before he ascended, he didn't go to the crowd. He went back to the, I guess you would say 11 at that, at that time. Right. Bummer. Uh, yeah, big bummer. Um, but he knew that the 11 was going to be enough to plant his church and to start his, you know, the, the church ministry and, and, and acts. And I think there is a, there is certain boundaries to set, 
uh, and parameters to set because you can overexhaust yourself. Um, and when you place um, all these different expectations on yourself that Jesus didn't place on you for discipleship, that's when you can start to get that fear and that anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also like you're doing the right thing and you're taking the right steps and you've set the right boundaries, but there is a temptation to think, um, you know, I'm not doing enough or I'm not doing right. And and not only that, but... Set the bar too high. Yeah, yeah. And I think not only that, but like those lies from the devil come in your head and it's not necessarily a like a conviction. It's just literal like lies to tempt you to stop doing what you're doing. You're failing. Yeah, you're failing like they're not going to actually love Jesus. They're not actually going to follow him. They'll, they'll never step into a church, you know, all those different things. And you have that temptation to quit. So I think there are certain boundaries you do have to set for yourself with, I'm not going to, first of all, I'm not going to overload myself with so many people that I have to invest like, you know, deep intimate relationships with, because that can be overwhelming. And not only that, like that can lead you to not being focused in, in a relationship that you need to be, you know, focused into. Like there's this, there's this one student, man, I know he's really struggling, but I have all these other, you know, students that are asking me questions and I feel like I can't give him Mm -hmm. enough time and, you know, all that. You need to make sure that you can also like, and this even goes like within a group setting, I can almost in a sense, I don't want to use delegate, but I can push other people, and this comes with equipping, and this is also a part of discipleship. I can push other people to go and disciple these people as well because I can't be the only one that has that weight on them. And that kind of goes along with um, like the series that we did just recently where it's like you think you have to be the guy and you think you have to be the person to, to do it all, but you're not alone. And I think that's one of the coolest things that we can do as equippers of the word is that we can also equip other people to go and equip other people. And that's like, that's where like this revival can explode because you see so many people on fire for God. You're pushing other people to equip, you know, other people and it just starts a chain reaction. And so, yes, I do think that there is a quote unquote unhealthy way, but if you're, you're healthily, is healthily a word? Oh no! Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. If you're healthily doing it, um, it just felt so not. weird rolling off the tongue. Um, but if you're doing it in a healthy way, um, then it, you are doing discipleship correctly. And so I think if you're not doing discipleship correctly, it isn't discipleship. So that question's a little bit of a tricky one to answer. But yes, yes, <laughs> I think discipleship needs to be healthily, wealthily, yeah. stealthily. Um, that's good thought through because please affirm me and tell me that that's a word it, we could look it up real <laughs> quick look it up is right now. healthily because i'm like i think there is healthily right you can healthily i can do healthily do something right if if not we're healthily. hitting the button yay let's go you are smart yay you are smart you know when it comes to discipleship I said healthily there is uh um the best way to think about discipleship now that we've had this conversation is I want to help someone else be competent enough to follow Jesus without me in the picture. Mm. That's because discipleship can often be, That's good. I want you to stick around so you need me. Mm. So I'm going to equip you and train you, but I'm your mentor. I'm your teacher. I'm your, and that kind of flies in the face of what Jesus says. Call no one, you know, 
your mm. your teacher, your master. Let let God be that to you. That doesn't mean don't have people in your life, but yeah. you don't yeah. look to one person as like my master guru. This is just another person God has put in your life to mm. help you be competent enough on your own to follow Jesus yeah. without needing that person. So that's what we should think about because <clears throat> if you just go, I'm. Um, I don't know, trying to make sure Tommy, Timmy, and, and Toomey, all three of them, I want wow. them all to love Jesus, but I want them to need me. That's not mm. discipleship. No. Discipleship is making them, training them to be competent enough. And this goes back to even being parents and your children That's and even good. your wife and even, or your, your husband, if you're a woman listening or what, whatever it is, I want the people in my life to be, because I'm in their life, I want them to be equipped enough to follow Jesus, even mm. if I get taken out, rather mm. than to need me in it. So, you know, That's there's good. a wrong way to disciple people, for sure. Yeah. Wrong heart, yeah. wrong motives, wrong goals. Mm. Um, you can also have wrong expectations. Like you said, set the bar too high or too low. You know, Jesus says, go make disciples. He doesn't mm. say how many. He doesn't say a, a bare minimum to be yeah. a true believer. If you, It so also I think doesn't you, mean go and save people as well. Exactly. It's, Make you, that clear. You don't have the power to. Mm-hmm. So yeah. all I'm doing is I'm sharing what I know with someone who doesn't yet know that. Yeah. That's discipleship. Um, so have the right expectations, the right heart, the right attitude, the right motives. And you ask the question, am I making enough disciples? And for people who are asking that, you're listening to this going, dang it, I ask myself that all the time and I get discouraged because I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. Ask yourself this instead. Am I making any disciples? Not, am I making enough? Am I making any? The answer is yes. Fantastic. Yeah. Like, that's fantastic. You're making disciples. Yeah. A disciple. Like, celebrate the one. Yeah. That's what Jesus does. He Amen. celebrates the one. So, I think you should do the same and not go, well, Jesus, he had, yeah, that's Jesus. Of course, he's going to have crowds in 72 and 12 and go on a mountain, just kind of change form. You, are you doing that? No. <laughs> you're not ripping back your flesh being like, what's up? Here's the light. Oh, <laughs> you're not doing that. So, don't hold yourself to... This uh, unrealistic standard yeah. that God doesn't place on you as if it's like, mm. hey, you're a failing Christian if you don't have at least 40 disciples yeah. under your belt yeah. by the time you're 35. It's garbage. Mm. It's a garbage way of thinking. Discipleship, mm. again, is organic, natural, and ultimately, it has to come from a place of knowing God myself. So if just, if there are people That's who like hyper emphasize discipleship, mm-hmm. they have no personal relationship with God sure. because they're always around people and they're always, it's almost like they need people around them who aren't as far as them hmm. so they can still feel good about themselves. Hmm. So they constantly keep people around them who are new believers or immature or have questions and then by having them around, they feel superior and they feel mm. good enough to not keep growing. Yeah. And that's a terrible way to live. You should have a re- rela- a vibrant relationship with God mm. yourself. Otherwise, weirdly mm. enough, you're, the people you're discipling, whatever role you play in the discipleship process, they're going to outgrow you and you're yeah. not going to have much to offer them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, iron should sharpen iron. I, I think discipleship doesn't have to happen in a, I'm farther than you and you're not as far as me. That for some reason, that's what we think. Like, well, I can't disciple someone if they're farther along than me. Why not? Yeah. Why not? You can't teach them things that like they haven't learned yet, even though they've been a Christian longer. Mm-hmm. So discipleship is not like, well, I have to be more mature or farther along. It's like, bro, you can disciple people. You can mm-hmm. disciple your pastor just through having a conversation. Yeah. Where like, 
he realizes you are more gifted in A, B, and C than he is more, you know, naturally. And he's learning and gleaning from you, even though he's been a Christian for 500 years and you just came to Christ yesterday. You know, your zeal, your passion is like, whoa, it's encouraging him. And it's actually like bringing him back to that Mm. place where he had. So you never know. Yeah. So we have to get over this. Like I have to be farther than Bernice. I can't disciple her. Mm. Um, I think that's silly. Discipleship can happen in a group context. Discipleship can happen and with multiple people where they're maybe farther along spiritually, but I speak into their life and they're like, dang, I needed that. That's mm. iron sharpening iron. Yeah. Um, so discipleship is not this formulaic, one-dimensional thing where it's like, ah, that's discipleship. There yeah. are some key characteristics centered around Jesus and relationship, and it's biblical. Mm. Beyond that, it's going to be expressed in a number of different ways, mm. and we can't limit God to a certain formula and go, God's going to train people and equip people like this through me. He's going to do it a bunch of ways. And mm. you have to be open to playing Zelda with a guy for four hours, talking <laughs> about Jesus, listening to worship while you do it. You have to be open to going to the gym mm. every Monday to see Tony uh, mm. at the at the bicep curl again, because he only has <laughs> arms. You know, and that's your opportunity to invest. You have to be mm. open and willing. And uh, sadly, a lot of Christians aren't, even aware of the calling on their life to make disciples. Yeah. And beyond that, if they are, they're like, well, God wants that for me. They're not even looking for opportunities. Mm. And if they are at least looking for opportunities, they're missing them because they're so self-conscious and so, uh, you know, insecure about their own faith. They don't think they can add value to someone else, even though they're like, God's calling me to do this. It's the whole Gideon mentality. Eh, I'm not really who you think I am. And God's like, ah, I think I do. Yeah. I think I see you right. Yeah. So we have to believe that if God has called us to make disciples, we can do that mm. in some capacity, in some environment with your kids, your spouse, your younger brother, uh, maybe spiritually or physically people on the basketball court. We play basketball every Monday. Yeah. And, um, it's my last Monday, but it's fun to hang out with the guys and, and just not just go, I'm going to dunk on some fools, but to think in this environment, I want to make sure that, uh, we don't lose sight of what unites us, yeah. which is more than, you know, just a, uh, game. a circular ball, but, mm-hmm. but actually Jesus, he's what's, you know, unites us. So yeah. those are my closing thoughts because there's a lot more to talk about. There is in community <laughs> setting that we, all these questions Tanner laid out beautifully, which we'll have to do at, we'll have our first remote podcast yeah. next week when I'm moved into my house, which will be weird. Maybe one day we'll get the video sneak peek. We, yeah, yeah, actually we could. <laughs> we totally could. Now that yeah. I'm thinking about it, it might be easier to do remote. Quite possibly. Video with Dropbox. Yeah. But conversation for another day. What yeah. are your closing thoughts about discipleship? Yeah, to go along with kind of what you're saying, like there's um, sometimes you, you do have to uh, go into maybe an environment that you're not used to. Like, I mean, I'm not a video game player, at least I not anymore. But there's been times where I've played video games with like students or things like that because it's something that they enjoy. Puberty. Um, <laughs> and, oh no. <laughs> Stop it. Get some help. <laughs> He's talking to your that puberty. That's the perfect, that perfect one. Um, but I, I don't think it. what that means is that you let go of your character and your morals in order to Mm-mm. adapt to what other people do. No. Um, and I think that has actually been a very uh, 
dangerous way that people have tried to disciple is by like I'm gonna go into a bar and just get hammered <laughs> while trying to disciple this gotta person. Gotta fit in with these weed smoking yeah. junior highers. Yeah, somehow, I gotta right? fit in and, and do all the I different things. I brought a things. lighter. It's like, no, like you you don't you don't conform to the world. Like you are out of this world that you know, like it says in, in Peter, one of those, uh first Peter two and uh just not ninth peter it's i think it is ninth peter oh, man that's thank you favorite, for correcting my me favorite book <laughs> i'm so glad you disciple me guys it doesn't exist so if you're listening <laughs> you're looking for that it does not exist <laughs> people are flipping through Sorry, the Bible. We, i got a broken bible that we, yeah what's going on here False. i shouldn't have used the niv <laughs> sorry guys sorry there's no ninth peter oops there's you only can, four yeah i'm just there's kidding there's four. Like two. <laughs> <laughs> how many chapters are there I don't want to say it because people won't trust me. <laughs> no one's gonna no one's gonna trust this podcast anymore. We've said that there's a ninth Peter. We're having fun. It's somewhere in the book of Enoch or something. Or the yeah. Book of Mormon. Just go definitely Do Mormons know who Peter is? Mormons know who Peter is. <laughs> Mormons why would Mormons just because they love Joseph Smith doesn't mean they're like, What apostle? They don't, they don't know who Peter is. What do you What's mean? An apostle? <laughs> if you're Mormon, like, let us know if you know who Peter is. We're really wondering. Please. Do you know who Peter is? <laughs> Leave a comment. Let us know. Mormons out there. If you I don't know think who the Peter Book of Mormon is. just has, like, where Peter should be. It just has <laughs> Joseph Smith. And Joseph Smith took a sword and chopped off the right ear of. That's weird. I don't remember. And then he Joseph turned to Joseph there. Smith. <laughs> He's every character. He's every single character. Joseph Smith rose. And as he did, he looked down on the smaller Joseph Smiths and said, I'm departing from thee. And he arose to the greater Joseph Smith. <laughs> I'm not editing this part out. Uh, yeah, no, no, no I, I love this. This is great. But yeah, that's that's my closing thoughts is don't don't conform and, and leave your morals and your character and your, your faith behind, pretty much. Just to try to attempt uh to build relationship uh by discipling. There's yeah. boundaries to set with that. So definitely no compromise. Um Yeah. And maybe we'll talk more about that next week, like we get into the as we get into the nitty gritty of like doing it in community, the methods yeah. of discipleship. This is more a general you know, touching on discipleship what topically. Is, yeah. What is it? What does it look like? Um, and then, you know, the next podcast, which will probably come out in like nine years, <laughs> you know, we'll have a clearer picture of how that, yeah. what that looks like in our lives. So yeah. that's all we got for you today. All good, good stuff. things coming. Bye guys. See ya. Hey, thanks for listening to today's Above Reproach Church podcast. If you've benefited from this content or this ministry in any way, there are a number of ways you can support what we're doing to help people move towards Jesus. We're completely funded by generous supporters like you, so if you'd like to partner with us financially, you can head to abovereproachministry.com slash donate, and you can give through debit or credit card, you can give through PayPal, Venmo, Patreon, or even just mail a check to P.O. Box 338, Green Cove Springs, Florida 32043. Or grab some of our church merch to represent Jesus on your body wherever you go. Either way, while you're on the website, check out all of our free resources, our online church, my book Fruitful, as well as everything else going on in our online ministry. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep moving towards Jesus.